We here at Sports Best Friends acknowledge Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people as the traditional custodians of the land, water and sky throughout Australia on which we record. We recognise their strength, diversity, resilience and deep connection to country. We pay our respects to Elders of the past, present and future as they hold the memories, knowledge and spirit of Australia. Welcome back to the Big Cat Chat, a podcast all about the Penrith Panthers. My name is Jack Martin, and I'm joined by my co-host, Nat Sinclair. How are you, Nat? Very good, Jack. How are you? I'm very good. Uh, we have a, a special guest this week for the second time ever on the show. Sitting beside me is my <laughs> girlfriend, Victoria. Uh, some of you may know her from Twitter, from her 13 different accounts that she's had over the years. Uh-huh. Uh, she's a Parramatta fan. Yeah. Hi, Vic. Hello. How are you? Uh, good, good. Thanks for having me on. This feels weird. <laughs> yeah, it does. I feel like I'm like out of it. Like, I feel I like you're I'm like, what about me? Because I'm at home by myself. <laughs> yeah, like this is weird. We're like sitting in our living room while yeah. our cat runs around with a bell. <laughs> and it's weird. He like turns to me while like, introducing me I was like don't look at me yeah I felt like I had to make eye contact <laughs> literally you've got to make it work well apparently our internet connections must be very good because I was talking on the phone to my dad a few weeks ago and he thought that we record this in person that oh wow oh amazing that yeah I always wonder like yeah because obviously we know it's by phone I'm like I hope that doesn't like irritate people yeah. um so I'm really glad that yeah it, it doesn't um but when, when yeah it's I awesome. skim through your episodes because you know there's only <laughs> I can tolerate let's <laughs> no actually do listen. I do genuinely listen. I've always it's always sounded good like it, there's never poor quality or anything like that like I wouldn't be surprised if like you had said oh yeah we do record it together well I That's had a so really good. random pair of earphones that I used to record the episode in the mini series we did last year the day after the grand final yeah and I noticed listening back to it that like the microphone on it kept hitting my shirt or something like that yeah, and yeah. I don't know how noticeable it was to everyone else that was listening but it irritated the notice. hell yeah. out of me the whole time well, yeah like one time we filmed something and you had a beer cap in your hand oh no it was you had a beer in the stubby and you kept yeah. lifting it out of the stubby and like twisting it around it was driving me crazy I was like oh my god <laughs> let alone listeners <laughs> yeah it's your way with the premiership on to the news coming out of Pantherland this week uh Penrith's SG ball team won the grand final 22-20 when they were down 20 nil at half time mm. What a Penrith's, comeback. Yeah. Love a comeback. Penrith's ninth SG ball title, which is. Oh my like, God. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's. I'm not sure what the records are for that or anything. Mm. Okay, I'm really bad. SG ball, yep. what age is that? That's normally under 18s, but it's 19s at the moment. Okay, all right, wow. They lifted them all by a year. Like Jersey Flag is 21s mm. now, uh, and Matt's is 17s. Did, is did, that, I think that's because of COVID. Did Nathan ever play SG ball? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah with Jerome. I think it was with Jerome. Oh, yeah, wow. okay. yeah, that's right. where wow. they started yeah. playing oh, together. Wow. Oh, wow. My gosh, that just like, yeah. terrifies me as an opposing fan for like your depth in the future. Yeah, well, that's where... Oh, they've just been together forever. <laughs> Matt Burton was playing SG Ball in 2018. Yeah, wow. 
And so a lot of players now, because SG Ball only runs to halfway through the season because it's a New South Wales only comp and mm. Queensland have their own mm. one, the players now, the really good ones, so like in Penrith's current team, uh, the Dolphins bound Isaiah Katoa and uh, Mason Teague, the captain, will most likely go into the Jersey flag team, oh, whereas yeah. a bunch of the others will go and play A-grade for wherever they're from. Mm. So Matt Burton, for example, played at fullback and 5'8 for our SG ball team when he played and then went back to Dubbo and played on the wing in A-grade and won the grand final there. Oh, wow. Um, so it'll be interesting as well to see what changes now that those junior rep seasons are over, if there'll be any mm. changes to things like our under-21s team or anything, because I think a couple of those mm. players will make it through. Like Isaiah Katoa, um, He's clearly a very good player, given all the the hoopla about him this year, and he was mere yes, the match in the grand the fact final. That life is over because he's going to the Dolphins and Penrith as a club. He's going to cease to exist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can imagine. Uh, it's awesome for them, though. So excited for them. I can only imagine um, how many of these players will make it at another club, and just imagine the pencils that Brian Fletcher would be snapping I, out of anger. Honestly, at this stage, why do you even bother blooding young players? <laughs> well, because the young players we've blooded this year have been pretty good. I was literally crying. Yeah, and like, oh my God. <laughs> but like when you get, and that's the thing, like when you get the first pick of them, it's like, I actually think it's a privilege to be in this position where we can kind of, um, you know, provide that talent for the rest of the NRL. I think it's a really good thing um, that I'm really proud of. I, I, I really don't see that view that Brian obviously held that it's like you just have to keep it for themselves and it's some terrible thing, you know, come on, we can't have 100 players playing for us. This is how we're going to keep this competition strong. And I love seeing, like, our players do well at other clubs. Oh, so sorry, hopefully like, we do see that. It was actually, like, like actually really nice watching Penrith fans so excited for, um, is the young group boy that debuted for the Bulldogs? Like, oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, it was, yeah. Yeah, that's it, yeah. it was mainly, like, Panthers fans that were yeah. talking about it, and then mm. yeah, she's mm-hmm. Greek. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, like, because I, I, like, I can't, like, help but admit, like, sometimes you don't, it's hard to follow, like, all mm. of the young people oh, coming yeah. up. Oh, it's super hard. It's super so, like, hard, yeah. Yeah, like, I had certain ones that when they finally debuted for Para, like, it was a real big deal, stuff like that. But, yeah, like, yeah. it was interesting that he had obviously moved on I don't know how far along he went with Penrith but then he finally gets his debut and it was like mainly Penrith fans that were like cheering him on well yeah Yeah. like he sort of bounced a bit between Bulldogs and Penrith oh yeah um so he was a Bulldogs junior I believe (laughs) then went to Penrith for a few years then back to the Bulldogs but it is interesting Mm. like that like um we had our newest player to our team Sonny Luke was like the star mm. coming through and then just disappeared. Oh, wow. And this time last year, he was playing um, Ron Massey Cup for St. Mary's. Mm. And it's interesting, those sort of players, sometimes there are ones that you follow all the way through and then sometimes there are just ones that disappear. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens, yeah, out of this squad. Mm. And that Roosters team That's is pretty exciting. good too. Apparently they... Mm. I've, I'm not sure if this is correct, but I read that they were undefeated until that game. That makes it even better that we will manage to, you know, come back from such a deficit as well. Yeah. Yeah. And especially since they are only 70 minute games at that level. So they only had 35 minutes to come up with that comeback. And I read a report and I'm pretty sure it said that the first 15 minutes of the second half were scoreless. Oh my gosh. So they scored 22 points in 20 minutes. It's awesome. It's crazy. So yeah, when, uh, when, we lose a few players to the Dolphins. Like there's a few 
Penrith players that are rumoured to be going there. Um, uh, Sean O'Sullivan? Oh, that would be disappointing. He'll be there. Yeah. His dad's the manager, isn't he? Yeah, his so... dad's the recruitment manager. Oh. Yeah, he'll yeah. be there. And then there's rumours of um, Jermaine Hopgood going back up there. He's a Queenslander oh, and yeah. a couple others. Um, oh, yeah. But I think I think everyone has a few players linked with the Dolphins now, don't they? Yeah, and we've had one confirmed yeah. signing. Yeah, so, and half know. half the Melbourne Storm team as well. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, bright future hopefully for Penrith. Very exciting stuff. Always good to see. I'm no expert. I just love the game. But more than that, I love the community. If you're a fan of Rugby League or the NRL, you'll love Big T's Tees. Unique, affordable and made for fans. Find a link to the online store in the show notes below. You'd look good in one of Big T's Tees. On Friday night, the Penrith Panthers versus the Gold Coast Titans. We won, I believe it was 18 points to four, wasn't it? Yeah, it was was. just over the 13 plus mark. Yeah. Yeah, just had to double check it. Um, in not the greatest game. Uh, what did you make of it? <laughs> yeah, one that we all. It's definitely one of those wins that you win and you take that away and you've got the two points and you never speak of it again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the way I view that game. Um, it was so awful. <laughs> I can't remember a game that's just been like I feel like there was a few games last year. Um, when we kind of had that moment where like um Nathan was hurt and Jerome was hurt. Everyone after Origin was a bit patchy um, and, you know, they weren't super enjoyable to watch, but that was just like a new level. Like it just, the errors and the, you know, um, kind of lack of execution in attack and just players making silly little decisions, you know, which is quite uncharacteristic, um, wasn't amazing. But the fact that we can play, you know, well below our best and still win, you know, comfortably is a really positive sign. And I do also think that the Titans really came out to play and they played really well, you know, I don't want to say for their standards, but it was for their standards. It was a lot better than what they had, um, I guess, played this year. So for them to, you know, play well and play their best and we still kind of comfortably beat them, that's obviously a great sign. But it was a horrible game. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't the highest quality, but you're right in that it's probably a sign of a very good team that you can still win a game despite, like, just playing, like, absolute dirt. Like... <laughs> Our completion yeah. rate was atrocious, but I'm just glad that our defense held up because they scored yeah, that one try, which was, it was a very good try for them, but it wasn't, it was like an ad lib try. None of yeah. their structured set plays or anything created anything against our team. And it just mm-hmm. meant that as soon as we pulled our finger out a little bit, 10 minutes into the second half, we'd scored two tries and the game was over. And then we got mm. a late one. And so yeah. I'm at least, yeah, at least happy about that because, you know, sometimes you'll see a game with that scoreline and you'll think, oh, that must have been a really great, intense game. This one wasn't. And, yeah, I'm just no, glad that it it's in the past. <laughs> Me too. I'm glad it's done. We've done the two points, conserved a little bit of um, energy for the next few weeks that we've got coming up. Um, and, yeah, you know, it's done. We did it. And that's the end of that game. <laughs> That's actually an interesting point because I have two co-workers with me who are Penrith fans and I was talking to one of them and um, I'm so sorry, our cat just like jumped up the window. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, she's okay, I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, he was talking about it and 
I was like, oh, like, what were your thoughts on it? He was like, yeah, obviously it wasn't a great game, but I'm not worried, blah, blah, blah. And he raised the idea that not necessarily it was on purpose, but that there was a level of like tactic to it. And that sometimes apparently there's a tactic that some coaches will take on where they train really, really excessively leading up to what would potentially be a soft game say, or like a guaranteed win, especially if you have tough games coming up following it. And so you get Mm -hmm. through those like really excessive training sessions and then maybe it overexerts the players or like tires them out, whatnot. And so it's not as good of a game against those say, like, I don't want to say weaker sides, but you know, for lack of a better word, Mm, weaker sides. So when you go into like a para Melbourne, because it's para Melbourne roosters, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Which like right now it seems like roosters, that's like easy, <laughs> easy dub. It's, it's a buy. But like, mm. they're so unpredictable and you can't like ride off Trent Robinson, obviously. So that that realistically, you have to look at that as three potentially hard games that mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. did all of the like intense training for those three leading into the Titans game. So that going into those games, they go easier, which I don't know if that's actually what they would have done, but it's an interesting idea or like an interesting concept that if a team would actually do that, well, it's all about. I agree. Yeah. I think it, I think we do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's all about peaking at the right time as well. And you'd rather be like, obviously, the aim is to peak first weekend of October, but yeah. you'd want to be closer to that peak for games against like the Storm and Parramatta than, with all due respect, against the Titans. Um, yeah. And like those, you do go through you know highs and lows in terms of that peak during the season. And I've got a feeling like it could be that and it could be like just the players conserving themselves a little bit, Mm. like trying to get to the origin period Mm. with as few losses as possible. Like I think if we get to origin with 10 wins, two losses, that's sweet. Yeah. And it's like what we've already got eight of the wins out of the way. Yeah, no, I, I entirely agree. And I do think that's what they're doing at the moment. Uh, we're not really the type we haven't been for the past couple of years to kind of pile it on unnecessarily. Um, yeah. So I think that there is definitely something to that for our side. Melbourne are very different. Melbourne are, you know, quite the opposite. They will take the opportunity that there is and they will pile on the points like there's no tomorrow when there's, they're against those weaker teams. But I just don't think we've been really doing that um, over the last few years. And I do think we do kind of conserve it a little bit for those big games. Yeah, like like the storm are like a shark where they just rip through yeah. you, and then we're like yeah. a crocodile where we just like grab hold of you Pretty and just hold you underwater. <laughs> like, like yes, exactly I'm not sure. Right. I'm not sure what's worse, like getting beat up by the storm on the scoreboard or like getting beat up by the Panthers by James Fisher Harris. Yeah, <laughs> both not ideal. No, no, and so it will be very interesting to see. I'm expecting a different Penrith for the next few weeks. Um, because to be honest, if we play anything like that in those next three games, we don't stand a chance in any of them. No, no way. But definitely not. I'm expecting that'll be something where we're also a pretty young team, so you got to account for inconsistencies like that. Like that, it kind of reminded me of our second half against the Dragons, where we weren't great. And you know what? If we can win a game and learn something out of it that's probably a good thing for the team. Exactly. We'll take it. Yeah. yeah. I'd rather us only win by what? 
14 points. 15, 15. Yeah, or 14. Yeah. What do I keep thinking of a field goal? Anyway. <laughs> 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 Nathan attempted one, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. He's he's not quite Dylan. Um, <laughs> no. She um, left it to Dylan. That's okay. <laughs> Dylan, who got three Dalian points. <laughs> oh, my God. That is the funniest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I'm like, just how are we living in an era now? where Dylan Edwards is the one to fraudulently get the Dalian point. This is seriously a time I never thought would I would ever see. So I am all for it. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> They're like, you know, I, I don't know, love it. Love every moment of yeah, it. 2020, I was fuming because Jack Whiten got it. But this year, I'm yeah. going to be dancing my way up and down Penrith when one of our players undeservedly wins the Dalian. This is well, the yeah. I spoke about this on Twitter today. It Like, this happening is putting it, at risk of a Penrith player getting it because they're stealing points off each other. It's almost like, cause there are three yeah. Penrith players in the top mm. 10. Yeah, that's true. Actually. Yeah, yeah. I like- think as well though, like I find as well, and as time goes on and as like we become more successful, the less and less I care about Dallium. Like I remember oh, yeah. before I used to be so excited about like Dallium and like watch it and see if they, you know, made a team of the year or whatever. Yeah. And I just find it now, it's just like, it's just, we all know it's it's not always accurate, um, yeah. really is. Um, and it just becomes something that you can have the best season ever and still not win it. So um, I think it's all in kind of good fun. I see it now. I think it's funny, like every week looking and seeing who's got it, you know, and yeah. if one of our players wins it, I mean, hilarious. But if not, there's no, <laughs> I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. Well, yeah, it's like I was really excited in 2014 when I think Matt Moylan came like third in the Dally M count. Yeah, I was like, and wow, I was like, I was like oh, my God, you know, that's so great. And now, yeah. especially since we found out about the um, Ruan Sims incident a few years ago mm-hmm. where yeah, she yeah. Didn't, didn't watch the game, watch it, yeah. it's like mm. you, I genuinely do wonder whether they're watching certain games sometimes because... Yeah, I do. I, I mean, don't think Andrew Johnson is watching that game. <laughs> No, Dylan was terrible. Stats, and you would yeah. think Edwards had a standout because he, he scored a try, or was that the one that got taken off? No, he got taken away. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, maybe they saw thought they saw him score a try. <laughs> and maybe yeah. just saw yeah, meters and went, okay, yeah, yeah, sounds about right for Dylan Edwards. Like it was just the fact that the three points went to the three that are in the top 10. Like that's convenient, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's Classic, it's those you know, three right? that are gonna take points off each other, yeah, and it's yeah. those three that got points. Yeah. Where I think two of them deserve points. I mean, we'll get to that a little bit yeah. later. But yeah. like Dylan Edwards didn't even have a quiet game. He had a bad game. Mm. He had a bad game. He had like yeah. a 2019 Dylan game. Yeah, I um, felt like I was in so, Bathurst watching that. Same. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> so, um, which is great. You know, he's, he's got to have a bad game here and there. And, you know, um, but yeah, I just found it funny. But it's also kind of a good thing as well, I think, that we have a team where lots of players will steal those points from each other. Um, I think it's a lot better than having one player every week, you know, like a manly situation, dare I say. Um, yeah, I think it's it's a great thing. Um, if you can right spread now? out, you know, it, spread out the better. Well, yeah, yeah, Melbourne. But Puppenhausen but- is a clear standout mm. right now. Yeah. Like, mm. Which yeah. is shocking like, considering, I- like, they've got Harry Grant, they've got um yeah what's the yeah. dude cameron munster <laughs> i was like how am i oh, blanking that guy, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um that and so guy. it's interesting that pappenhausen is such a standout right now and it shows as well mm. that the dalliums like they do massively look at stats you know yeah. get a guy that yeah. scores pretty much every game and you're going to give him the three points and yeah that's that's why the Dally mitch award is the one true award for rugby it league has games. some integrity yeah 
Speaking of, <laughs> shall we get to our votes? How good was that segue? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it to you. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Uh, I'll go um, first this week if you want. Yeah, or... go for it. Yep. Okay. Yeah, no, I course. gave yeah. one point to Viliami Kikau. Ooh. Yeah, I just, in a game without standouts, I thought he was mm. fairly solid because a lot of the time, if you think about a sloppy Penrith performance, you think about kick out yeah. the ball to the ground <laughs> yeah. about 20 times during the game. Yeah. But yeah. he seemed to just like, just take the ball up and run it. And it was actually yeah. quite effective because he, he picked his and chose his moments when to be a bit flashy and he got a try assist yeah. out of it. And yeah. I think it shows that he doesn't have to be making those 50 meter runs to score tries like we saw from him when he first came into grade to be effective. Yeah. Because if he yeah. just runs the ball up, it still takes three or four blokes to tackle him or it at least attracts the attention of them. Yeah. And that's where you can really see the value in him being in the team every week. Yeah. And yeah, I, I just love, thought this I was a, a random game from him where he was like quite conservative in amongst a very frantic team. Yeah, no, I think he was, he was good. I think he's been really good this year, to be honest. Like he's yeah. had his moments, he always does, but I find the moments are getting a little bit less than they were last year. I actually feel like I remember last year when Tavita Pangai Jr. came into our team, I would see the way he offloaded and I was like, damn, like kicks needs to offload the way Tavita does because kicks kind of beforehand would just offload 24-7 like he would just as soon as someone touched him he'd like Bleh, and just like get rid of the ball no matter yeah. where it went no matter who you know and I remember thinking god and then TV TV would come in he's quite a smart offloader and he'd only offload if it meant that someone was going to get a few more meters than him you know not just for the sake of it and I thought god I hope he like teaches him something and I don't know if it actually is a connection with Tavita but I do feel like he's improved massively this year in in terms of his offloading um, and yeah, look, he's a little bit more, I'm not nervous when he gets the ball. He's, you know, making fantastic meters as usual. So I think that's valid, um, for kicks there. Yeah. And like there's, we don't have that same option of just having, being able to bring Liam Martin or Kurt Capewell into that spot to fill yeah. in for him now. Like the squad is yeah. a little different, like Jamin Salmon mm. is pretty much the option. Yeah. And so yeah. I think a bit more responsibility has pretty probably been put on his shoulders and, yeah, I think I think he's been quietly good in this team this yeah. year. I completely agree. Yeah. Who did you give um, one point to? So my one went to Kayla May. Oh yeah, um, nice. Yeah, I just thought he, I thought he was just really, I, I, I thought he didn't really do much wrong. Um, you know, he made a good break, which unfortunately didn't end very well, thanks to poor old Tiger. Um, and yeah, look, I just think he's been really consistent since he. Um, Debut. He debuted this year, didn't he? Uh, you know, no, the games game last year. Right. Okay, that's right. Oh, that's right. He had that one game, and then Ivan just decided not to play him, but continued to yeah. play his brother. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, so I think he's been really consistent this year, um, and he's a real threat on that on that wing there. So yeah, I, he got my one point again. Wasn't a whole lot of choice this this week, but I do think he was deserving of that one. Yeah, he was he was solid as always. Um, it pretty yeah. much was that it was that left edge that we we mm -hmm. seemed to just go to to get meters from, and yeah. I think it worked. Like, yeah, that was that great it break. Did, yeah, where like it didn't end great, but yeah, it was one of the few bright moments in the game. And yeah. it's interesting that there were the reports that Taylor May and Stephen Crichton weren't training today due to their they're feeling ill, so mm -hmm. they're in slight doubt. Mm -hmm. 
and Brian Toto trained on the left wing. So we might mm-hmm. see just I'm I'm hoping like they just wanted to isolate them from everyone while they're ill. Um, mm. Because I think Taylor May is a player that we'll need this week, to be honest. I agree. I entirely agree. Like, could not agree more. Um, yeah. And I hope Ivan doesn't get tempted to do something silly. No, um, yeah. I don't need to read into the whole Ryan To left wing kind of situation because obviously, like, if um, Crichton and May were out, that makes plenty of sense. Um, so I guess time will tell. Um, who did you give number? Two, who did you give your two points to? Uh, I gave two points to Isaiah Yo. Me too. Uh, <laughs> ah, nice. Can we yep. be the same uh, again? <laughs> I've got a feeling our two and one might be similar. Yeah, I think uh, so. Not my yeah. choice. <laughs> yeah, Isaiah once again just did his job. He was one of the only players out there who didn't play poorly, um, mm-hmm. which I thought was. Does he ever? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, which was quite a bonus. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think it was one of those games where, like, him just playing decent was good enough to get the points. Yeah. Yeah, you it's, got um, Isaiah as well, yeah. Yeah, like, I feel like we say, what what more is there to say that we don't say literally every single week since we started this party this year? We say the same thing about Isaiah because he always seems to get some points. Um, he's just... He's Isaiah. <laughs> I can't even elaborate on that. He just does. He, he's a good settler. Like I, I find that he, if everyone else is kind of losing their head a little bit, he will always be calm and he will always just, you know, bring us back a little bit. And that's what makes him such a good captain as well. Um, but he also had a few try savers as well. Um, his defense was a real standout, I think, on Friday. Um, so he was very deserving of those two points. Yeah, it's, it's interesting um, just with the, the way that we play with the middle service, how much we rely on him. Mm. And because a lot of the time a lock will in teams will just be like someone who's good defensively, but we rely on him so much on both sides of the ball, which I think is such a massive bonus for us given, you know, rugby league is a 50, 50 game of attack and defense. And um, there was a video that uh, we got tagged in a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Elliot Richardson made um, oh, was about, awesome. yeah. Yeah, about the importance of his AEO to our team. And he pointed out that um, other than Nathan Cleary and Jerome Luai, his AEO has the, the, like he has the most passes of the ball in the team. Yeah. And I'm not sure how many locks you could say that for in the competition. Exactly. He and, is just, and I think we've said this before, you keep going, sorry. No, I, I don't know why I even said end because I kind of reached out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was just going to say, I think he's equally as important to us as Nathan is. Um, if not more, given the fact that we can replace Nathan to an extent with Sean O'Sullivan, which went really quite well. I just don't really know if we have anyone that can fill the void that Isaiah would leave. So um, he's fantastic and he's irreplaceable. Um, and he's someone, if we, if he got injured, I would really start thinking we're in trouble. Um, so let's hope that doesn't happen at all for the next couple of years. Yeah. Like I'm assuming over origin that if we, if say like Moses Leota is back, that um, Matt Eisenhuth will play that role. 
because yeah. he's been quietly very good for our team this year. He has, yeah, yeah quite um, a nice few, yeah. So, like, that's he, he'll be a good stopgap for that. But, like, if Isaiah yeah. got a long-term injury, I think that would put serious doubts to whether we could win the Premiership. It really would, yeah. That would be one thing that I'm like, don't know if we could come back from that. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah. yeah. So, who's your... Well, should we say it together? <laughs> yeah, okay. Three, <laughs> three. two, one. Nathan, Nathan Cleary. Yep. <laughs> Doesn't <quite> work. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> so we got the hint. Everyone got the gist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. Nathan was he was excellent in this game, um, and I think it was it was his effort plays that really stood out in this game, and that was something yeah. that we used to just see from him a few years ago before he had developed a bit more polish to his game. And it sort of goes a bit under the radar now because everyone looks at him doing things like great kicks in towards the post mm. or doing those passes to like kick out where he's looking at Luai or something like that. And people sometimes I think just forget that he's the guy putting in the effort on every single play. And yeah. this was yeah, the kind of game that required that. And it yeah. was the game where he brought that out. And just yeah. like Isaiah really showed why he's captain of this team. Yeah, it was, um, again, he's that settler when we need it. Um, and I think that's what sets him apart as well from a lot of halves in the game is that when we need someone to either for a clutch moment or a big game or just when we're not playing our best and we need to kind of come back to earth a little bit, Nathan does that for us. He can steer the, the team back in the direction it needs to go. Um, and he just, yeah, he didn't really put a foot wrong. Um, and he didn't have much help. <laughs> Yeah. Um, on the weekend so yeah he was just he was awesome and it's just it's still crazy to me I mean we spoke about him kind of at length last week and about how lucky we feel that he's in our team and he's going he's gonna to be there for so long because it's just quite surreal that we have somebody who is this good um and yeah and he wants to stay with us <laughs> it's not really commonly um something that people tie in with the Panthers so um very lucky him and Isaiah were outstanding and they really kind of without them we don't win that game yeah, 100%. And how nice was that moment after the game where he went up to that guy in the oh. stand and gave him the jersey and everything like that? I was so happy that that – I was so happy. Well, I would actually truly think that Nathan would almost be – not embarrassed, but he's not a type of person that would, you know, need that sort of thing to come out or anything like that. Um, but I'm really happy it did just because he caught so much – I mean, I think some silly person commented um, on – that video and said look not to detract from this but he's still a grub does anyone forget um is anyone forgetting the grand final trophy in a pram it's like come on like come on <laughs> you know he is a great like I really like Nathan as a person he's a good person um he does a lot for the community um he always does go out of his way to you know make the day he's always got time for everybody um and I think we've spoken about it on this show too before that you know, um, if we were NRL players, imagine how good it would be just to be able to make somebody's their whole year. Like that boy will be talking about that for the rest of his life. Um, and, you know, it was three minutes out of Nathan's night to do that. And it's just so lovely to see him do that. It was, it was, it brought a bit of a tear to my eye. So really, really happy that, you know, was shown. Yeah. And it's such a thing that like, it's so simple, but so many people, I feel like so many NRL players just wouldn't do that. And it's a real yeah. shame. I think so many yeah. NRL players waste that platform, that really, really waste their platform. Yeah, I because I know that I would absolutely milk 
hundred percent of it if I had that platform. Um, and like I'd be going up and doing that because I just find it so fun. And yeah, yeah, it's just it was just nice to see, and I'm really glad that um, it was captured on camera and that it's gotten as many views as it has because it was just a nice moment. And for someone who gets he gets a lot of criticism and I think the majority of it's quite unjustified. I completely agree. So it was really nice to see. Yeah. So we've already introduced her, but Victoria here by my side is a Parramatta Eels supporter. Uh, Vic, how did you start supporting the Mighty Eels? Uh, Mine is a bit of a, not a boring story. It's just not like as like backdated as so many other people. Like, you know, like you were like, oh, born and bred in Penrith. No, I. I think that's quite boring though. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think that's more boring than anything else. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, fine. Well, I have a super <laughs> exciting story. <laughs> um, no, I mean, it's not unknown. I was born in America, but my mum is Australian. So when we moved here, my and my dad actually lived in Australia as well. So we weren't unfamiliar with like rugby league. And my mom was a diehard Parramatta fan growing up. But when she moved to America after marrying my dad, that was back, you know, like 50,000 years ago. Um, there was obviously no like, like Twitter to follow it or no, anything no like that. No coverage over there. Yeah, there either. was no coverage. So she unfortunately couldn't follow it anymore and now has lost interest because Peter Sterling doesn't play anymore, basically. <laughs> um, but my dad was still very much into it. So when we moved here when I was only eight, um, he picked it up again, like really quickly. And he was originally a Roosters fan. So I'm throwing my dad under the bus here that he swapped his teams, but he was a Roosters fan. And he ended up like, yep, switching over, like won't go into that. And he started supporting Parramatta because my sister went to high school in Parramatta and I was still in primary school at that stage. And I was just like, oh, I'll go to games for the fun of it, whatever, but I don't really care. But he got started following Parramatta. And then obviously I followed my sister and I went to school it was actually, it's actually OMC, which is literally, literally like across the street from the stadium. And mm-hmm. I was one year late <laughs> to any hype. And I started, I got into it in 2010 uh, because a um, certain fullback that we won't name, uh, I thought was hot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's really embarrassing. Like I, I uh, was... I was the Jared Hayne girl in high school. Like everyone knew me as a freak. Like so I was, many were. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. I know so many were, but like it's still yeah. obviously when you look back on it now, it's like oh, oh, regrets. It's <laughs> anyway. okay. Hindsight is a beautiful thing. Exactly. <laughs> Luckily, though, like he didn't. It, like it was so much more than just him. Like I, I wrote an yeah. article a long time ago where uh, he planted a seed, but the sport watered itself. Really, like yeah, it was just one of those like games that I just got obsessed with, like absolutely obsessed yeah. with. I guess I'm pretty like a late boomer into the game, but yeah, I've only been following it for 12 years, but um, unfortunately a lot of it's been sad as about <laughs> from 2010. Um, but, you know, it's just been one of those things where um, I just got obsessed. So even when I moved back to America, I still w- woke up at like 2 a.m., 3 a.m. and still watched every game. Didn't miss a single Parramatta game that year, which actually I was quite proud of. Oh, so good. It makes it better. You know, like even though you said, you know, it's been some sad times, it makes it so much better to have those times when, oh. you know, you guys are going to get there. You will win a premiership. And that feeling is just so much all the better for it when you've done things like that. 
Yeah. Um, it'll be yeah, so exactly. worth it for you. Like I got yeah. into it. 2010 wasn't a dreadful season, but then like yeah. 2011 to like 2015 mm. was just tough times. Yeah. And then obviously 2016 yeah. happened. It was for us and yeah. 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 It was just, yeah. yeah, it was, it wasn't pleasant, but in a weird way that helped me learn the game. I think because I don't know as well if they were like just constantly winning and stuff like that like it was like I had to work out why they were so bad and what was going wrong and it forced me to then study other teams that weren't as bad as them it's because Ricky Stewart when you never forget but when your team's like playing really really well you just see like you know the top standard um week after week but then when you actually kind of study teams that go up and down and, you know, some weeks are good, some weeks are bad and that kind of thing, you really do learn a bit more about the game. Yeah. You're like, okay, what worked? What combination worked? Who did we bring into the team that made it better? You know, who did we bring in that wasn't so good? Yeah. And then you kind of learn in that way rather than just being like, he's a fantastic team. They're perfect yeah. every week. Bye. Absolutely. So it is yeah. really good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So when you lived in America and you watched every game, was it on like, like you know, ESPN 28 or something or did you no. watch did you use watch NRL I used watch NRL so yes oh I, that yeah. is expensive yeah it was I because I went to use it um when I was in a, a country that we won't mention um <laughs> in 2018 um that they're, they're not very liked around the world at the moment um and Russia. yes yeah, yeah. Oh, there we go. yeah. yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> And uh, State of Origin Game 2 was on, and it's the game when we re-won the series in Freddie's first series. Mm. And we went to watch the game on Watch NRL, and it's more expensive than KO, and it's only the NRL. The thing is, though, I don't think I suffered that badly because I bought a yearly subscription. Oh, Because I I was living there. Like, I wasn't just there for two weeks or something like that. a three-day pass for it was, like, $18. Yeah, yeah. Whereas... I, I definitely paid over a hundred, yeah. but when it's, I got to, like, I could watch, it wasn't as well. Cause watch NRL isn't just like, watch the games. You, no, it's, you got everything. It's Fox league. Isn't you it? got Fox league. Fox yeah. Cool. yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So it's worth it. I, so I had it. it on my devices and then I just plugged in a HDMI cord and like watched it on my TV that way, because I like, I lived in America. I was poor. I didn't have a smart TV, but also they wouldn't have had mm. an app. Like they, I wouldn't have been able to. Yeah, do no, it was like a website. A, yeah, I'm so it sure. was a website. No, they had an app, but an American TV wouldn't have. Right. Yeah. So instead, yeah. I just yeah, used yeah. the app on like my iPad and then just connected it um, that way. That that is dedication when you consider that, um, like Parramatta were all right in 2019. Mm. I mean, they weren't. Yeah, they definitely. Yeah, like they made the finals. Yeah. Um, but like they just come off a wooden spoon year, yeah. and you're getting up at two a.m. to watch. them and spending a lot of money to do it yeah I also worked yeah obviously I worked full-time as well but it was pretty bad like I obviously no one that I work with in America will hear this but I had gotten a management position while I was doing that and so I basically got to make the rosters and so (laughs) and so we opened at like 7 a.m and closed at 7 p.m and you know often they want a manager to open the store but I would say no no no. I think it's better if I close the store because that means I count the tills you know that's more important which meant I started at 11 a.m so I'd go I'd nap wake up and then go back to sleep and then wake up (laughs) at like 10 30 and run to work (laughs) nice yeah I like that and so Parramatta in general, this, mm. uh, you know, there's been some ups, there's been some downs. Mm. I'd say at the moment, 
they're probably the best they've ever been when you've been supporting them. Yeah, yeah, I'd say yeah. that, yeah. The last few years in general. Yeah, anyway. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, I think that was a stat that we haven't been, we haven't not been in the top eight since 2019. Yeah, I think you have the longest streak. Don't yeah, you? yeah, it's now the long, which is insane that Parramatta is the type of team that's done that, but yeah. it just shows that. That's crazy, people, yeah. I think a lot of people think that they start badly. They don't. They start seasons well. Nah. They just then drop mm. off. I mean, yes, yeah. I mean, they don't go eight straight, but they like do well enough that they obtain a spot in the top eight and then they just don't lose it. So like they've, yeah, they've been in the top eight, whether it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight since 2019. I think that um, I actually do feel that Parramatta and um, Penrith have had really similar trajectories over the past few years. Cause I feel like we were shit in that 2011 to 2015 kind of era as well. And then we kind of started getting good at the same time as you did. Because mm. I just think over the past few years, it's always been a really good game, Parra versus Penrith, and not just yeah. for the reasons that there is a rivalry. Um, and I really do feel like it's just been kind of like we've really been in that similar kind of going from strength to strength together. Um, so, yeah, I think we definitely resonate with you in that in that mm. sense as well. Yeah, for sure. Well, that 2012 season when Parramatta finished last, mm. I'm pretty sure Penrith only had one more win. Because that was Ivan Cleary's first year as coach of Penrith in his first term. And it was like, it was like there were no expectations on him because it was like you're in for the rebuild. And Mm. I remember looking at the, I didn't have Fox at the time. So I didn't get to watch a lot of Parramatta's games because they weren't very good. So they didn't get many Channel 9 games. Yeah. And so every week after Penrith would lose, I would look online Mm. and check and be like having my fingers crossed that Parramatta also lost. (laughs) So we wouldn't go into last place. Same. Yeah. 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 We've all been there. And now it's like, now I'm like having to genuinely consider what would happen if Penrith first Parramatta in a grand final, because Victoria (laughs) and I, we've already agreed. We're not going to sit with each other. If that happens. Yeah. Like we'll be at different sides of the stadium or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, just yeah, to, to I think um my sister um it's a bit different but my sister used to date um her ex boyfriend was a Tigers fan um uh. and I remember I know yeah that's, that's the first problem <laughs> but I remember when um we were at the game that horrendous 2019 game um Dylan Edwards worst ever game of all time um and uh, against the Tigers and we won in Golden Point um, with Nathan, Nathan Cleary's field goal and he just got up and left he didn't even say goodbye oh, <laughs> he just got up and left yeah so can be dangerous <laughs> yeah wow yeah we um after the semi-final last year we were like look that was that was okay it was close mm. you know mm-hmm. um Maybe, maybe we won't sit together for any games that are of higher stakes than yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly yeah, have really It's very reasonable. Like, we only did it because we were in lockdown. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Because, like, yeah. it's just not, There's not really like, much option. Yeah. I didn't really want to sit and watch it by myself, but I also yeah. didn't really want to watch it with you. And yeah. so, like, it was such a tricky one. Like, I was like, do I, I don't know if I, and I, at least I warned you. I said, I'm not going to be nice. Like, I, yeah. I was like, I don't want to be next to you. <laughs> Like I am, yeah, yeah, it was a tough one because obviously I went into it like thinking Para was gonna lose because yeah, you know, it was round two of the finals. Of course I thought that. Yeah. But also <laughs> like just obviously I respected Penrith as a team and everything like that. But as the game went on and on and on, my expectation, I was just like, are they actually gonna win this? Like I actually got my hopes up for a second. And so yeah, it was which is just like a feeling that you don't want <laughs> like ever. To yeah it doesn't it's actually awful. follow through because it was it just yeah. gave me 
like horrible 2020 flashbacks of jumping up and down at Combank thinking that Para were going to beat South only for Moses yeah. to hit the post and watch Cameron Murray run the ball <laughs> between the post and score. And then they just went from there. And yeah, it it's the worst feeling ever. Like it was so bad. And yeah, it just sucks to think that your team is actually going to do it and then not do it. And then have the person next to you that is like your person. You want to be happy mm. for them, but also you want to mm. be like, leave, <laughs> get out of my yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, it was tough. Absolutely. It's tough. Yeah. And that's where I'm like, I understand the benefits that naturally come with say like dating someone who supports the same team, Mm. but Mm. I'm actually, I'm actually happy dating someone who goes for another team because it also gives, it gives an opportunity for more interesting conversations because we inevitably end up disagreeing once the conversation leads down a certain path. (laughs) And, Mm. but it also just gives me the opportunity to go to more footy games. Oh yeah. Oh, always. That's always a plus, isn't it? Yeah, because everyone has noticed the significant drop-off in the last few years, the quality of commentary. Yeah, of course. So any excuse to not have <laughs> to listen to, to it? not have to watch it at home. Yeah. Is yeah, it's always lovely. a good one. And I think um, when... Yeah, keep going. I was just going to say, and they play at a very lovely stadium. Mm. And I love know, it, yeah. We might or might not be playing there next year. We, we're not sure at the moment. Mm. Um, mm. But if we are, I won't be complaining yeah you know like you would never be mad to have to play there no no really it's um when I first started dating my fiance he was he wasn't an NRL fan at all like Hmm. but if he had to choose it would be manly because that was like the area he was from and I don't know if that was sustainable (laughs) looking back on it I just don't think I can get around a manly supporter like I would actually rather pretty much I'd want like another team in the West, I think. Like, honestly, like I just, anyway, so yeah, we kind of had, it was quite funny because we had a massive fight um, because I wanted him to start getting into the NRL because it was important to me. Um, And I like chose a game for us to watch and he just was on his phone and I'm like, no, it's not how you can get into it. You have to watch it. Anyway, so I had this big fight and then lockdown, this is in 2020, lockdown happened um, and he was free because there was no NRL. The NRL got taken away. Um, and then it came back and then he kind of gradually started watching it. And that was when we started getting really good. And now he's like, he's as obsessed as I am. Like he's got the super coach and he's All just right. like constantly bandwagon. talking about his gold the jerseys. <laughs> I know, massive bandwagon. Um, but yeah, he's a, he's a, he's ditched Manly. Um, and good. he's, yeah, he's come onto the Panthers side of things. And it's just, it's great. I'm not going to lie. It's great because I could handle another team, but I don't know if Manly is one I could handle. Yeah. So got was- lucky in that sense. I was an interesting one. Like for ages, I said like, oh, I couldn't date a Storm fan, but also like mm. they're hard to find anyway. So like, like who cares? Like really. Yeah, very true. And also I kind of just be like, like honestly, no disrespect, but half the time when I hear a Storm fan complain about anything, I'm like, shut up. Like you don't know pain. Like don't talk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. The only pain they've had is when they got caught cheating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he, like, yeah. Yeah. But like your bad day, your bad game is everyone else's phenomenal games. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, like, I'm kind of just like, you know what, like, like, not like I don't respect you, but like, you know, yeah. I, you know, I said that anyway. Um, and so I was always for ages, like, oh, I don't know. Like, is there an absolute no no team I could date, like a supporting fan. Um, and then mm. I ended up when I was in America, 
I had a boyfriend for like a few months. Or- <gasps> <gasps> what? <laughs> anyway, oh my gosh. <laughs> um, but he was, yeah, he was an American who of anything occasionally watched the Dodgers. That was it. Like he did not follow sport at all. And I was already like on the other side of the world. So I was already feeling distant from the game, which, you know, contributed and why I, cause I wasn't just waking up for Paramount games. I was waking up for like Newcastle warriors. Like it was, I was doing it for like anything to make you feel close to home. Yeah, exactly. Cause I felt like, as like, it was a, like, it was an interesting one. Like I just, that was how I felt most like at home was like sitting on Twitter, talking footy with people and watching footy and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. And so I like it meant so much to me and having someone who was meant to be like well I mean he was my partner but like he he didn't even express any interest in it like he didn't want anything to do with it and I said one time like would you watch a game with me and he's like I'm not waking up at 3 a.m I was like well not every single game was that early like Mm -hmm. if you got like a Mm -hmm. two o'clock Sunday game it was like 11 p.m which actually is like there's that's nothing not bad. Like, that's yeah. Easy, those, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, easy to do. Um, and he was just like, no, 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 no. He just had absolutely no interest. And then when we tried to do long distance and I came back and obviously I came back, that's how we did long distance. But um, <laughs> when the mm-hmm. day after I came out of hotel quarantine, I went to Para Tigers at Combank and that was my first time mm-hmm. going. And I was talking mm-hmm. to him and I was like, oh, it's my first time going to like Parramatta's home ground, la la la. And he was just like, okay, all right, like, like whatever. And I like, mm-hmm. we're, cause we we're on FaceTime and I was like getting emotional about it. He was like, I don't get it. Like what, what, I don't get what you're, yeah. what's happening right now. And I was like, okay, all right, whatever. And I remember at the time I was sharing a room with my sister because <laughs> we were bunked in my parents' apartment mm. and I was on FaceTime with him and she was just like on her phone or whatever. She was like, I'm not listening, I swear, but she was. And I was talking about going to a game. This was when I loved Corey Norman, but I was going to Cor- Corey Norman's like 150th game or something like that. I was talking about how excited mm. I was and he like, uh-huh, me. And I didn't even notice it. But Kate got so mm. mad. Like my sister, she was like, he doesn't care. He doesn't respect what you love. And I was like, oh my God, what are you talking about? And then I met Jack and I was like, oh, I need this. Like I, I need someone who at least like respects my passion for it in a relationship. And then I got like 10 times that and got someone who like beyond respects it. <laughs> like, like if, Yeah, it like, also feels, I think it's important. Like I think, and I think, I mean, I'm not going to turn this into a relationship podcast, but yeah, no. <laughs> um, if, like, <laughs> if your partner likes, I don't care what it is, like if it's Formula, like James likes the Formula One, so I try and kind of get around that a little bit more now. If they have an interest that's super important to them, if you are serious about that person, you need to take an interest in that. Like yeah. it's not like we're watching paint dry here. You know, it's a sport <laughs> that lots of people like, you know, it's not really obscure. Even if it was, it's still important to like kind of take an interest. And if they're not interested in that, then you're probably with the wrong person. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there we go. That's our love advice for the night. There we go. <laughs> I, I love that. I love that from our two guests so far, we've worked out that Nat, you need to do a podcast with Ella where you guys go through the various like atrocities that NRL players commit Legally. and talk yeah. about <laughs> the legal ramifications. And then you and Victoria need to do a relationship podcast. Yeah. I'm setting myself, I can quit now. I'm setting you, myself up for a real career. Oh, yeah. You already do like 33 different rugby league podcasts. I know, I know. <laughs> I think you're going to have to quit your job. <laughs> I know, I really do. We'll just call ours Big Love Chat. 
Big love chat. Oh, <laughs> I love chat. that. Yeah, nice. <laughs> so much <potential> there. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, Parramatta this year. Mm. Nat, you tipped them to win the comp. Um, <laughs> I've seen you go back and forth on that tip about yeah, I'm joking, 30 times like, each yeah. Parramatta game. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because the, the Mitch Kenny FC chat is uh, just as much Parramatta chat as it is Penrith chat, to be honest, because we give all our, our very pleasant thoughts about Parramatta in that chat. Um, there's a reason Victoria yeah. didn't last too long in it. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I happily left. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> um, how are you feeling about Parramatta's chances now, Matt? To be fair, I did not watch the game on Saturday. Um, I was out, so I couldn't watch it. Yeah, and I watched like a mini, but you can only get so much out of a mini. Um, yeah. The game, what I've seen from Parramatta this year hasn't been fantastic. To be fair, I haven't watched some of their really good games, like to caveat that with that. Um, I thought the re- like the reasoning behind my Par- Parramatta Premiership um, prediction was, firstly, it does feel a tad like it might be now or a little bit more of a wait um, because of the fact that, you know, Papa Lee is off next year, Reid Marnie is off next year, and I think the importance of a really good hooker is so underestimated in the NRL. In the NRL. Um, so that was my first kind of thought in respect to that. And then my second thought was if we actually look at it, there's a lot made of Parramatta last year. You know, I think they lost against Manly maybe or South or something like that. But when it comes up to the big two being Penrith and Melbourne, they beat Melbourne last year and they did again this year. And they lost to us twice by two points. And no one else in the competition came even close to that um, with with both um, of our teams like you saw South I think lose by 50 to Melbourne and then they lost by 50 to us once and then we had the grand final um, but Parramatta just really did show up for those games so I kind of thought well look if they had beaten us last year in that final they may have well have gone on to beat Melbourne and then they may have won it last year so like I feel like it was a lot closer than anyone thinks so that is why I had that prediction this from what I'm seeing I it's kind of like I don't see improvement this year and that's probably where my concern is for that prediction because you do have to improve if you are going to win the premiership. So I haven't been watching them with an eagle eye but I have not seen improvement and that's why I'm a little bit concerned but it's such early days and I still think they're definitely a major contender. Yeah, I think um, it's like it feels like a lot of the same where you go they're yes, a really good team can they do it? Because The same like, issues we, are there. Yeah, they're we saw them fixed. being able to do it against Melbourne last year. And then their yeah. two losses this year have been against teams that at the moment are in the top four. So credit to those teams, yeah. they're quite good. But it sort of, it, it felt a little 2021-ish. Yeah. And I remember with your prediction, I read through the whole thing and I went, this terrifies me because it all makes perfect sense. Yeah. And what I saw in the replies was a lot of Parramatta fans going, this makes sense, but I don't believe in it. Yeah. And how do you feel about that, Victoria? <laughs> I was like, can I comment? Yeah, I was setting up for that. I think, like, thank you for having me on, but a little bit, like, I think you're missing a bigger picture, mm-hmm. like, to be completely, like, respectfully. Like, yeah. How you can fail to mention the amount of players they're missing I think it's 
we're not getting a fair indication of their actual potential this year because yeah. obviously Sivo went down injured very late last season. So they had the entire off season to prepare for a team with Hayes Dunster on the wing and Bailey Simonson, who was also a late signing potentially on the other wing. And then within that, they blooded Sean Russell last year, and he was always going to be a good backup until Sivo came back. And so they had those, those two options as well as Simonson on the other end. And then like Wonga Blake was always an option, stuff like that. And then bam, 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 they're all gone, basically. Not gone for the year, but Hayes Dunster gone for the year in a trial, which hurts so much. And then round one, Sean Russell, broken, fractured ribs, punctured lung, that sort of stuff gone for an indefinite amount of time. And then they're on top of all that, they bring in Wonga Blake and push him to the wing and he actually plays the best he has played in like three, maybe four years, something like that. Probably since he was at Penrith. Yeah. Yeah. yeah probably, like as, <laughs> at, while he was at Parramatta, that is by far the best he has played. I was gutted when he went down injured and he like, I'm currently suspended from my last Twitter account because of a tweet I made about Wonga Blake <laughs> because that got nabbed. Like, I was not a fan. Like, I was not a huge fan of him, to be completely honest. And I was so upset when he got hurt. And then you lose Tom Opachik. And then you lose Ray Stone. Like, it's been, like, detrimental losses because Ray Stone had become, like, the perfect utility for us because he wasn't, like, he was a, he's a ball player, but he was also just, like, an extra like body that was just never scared to put his body he's on a, the line. He's a tough bastard. Yeah. Like massively. Yeah. And that's why it's so sad that this is how he's ended um, his like his time his, career, but not his career, but his time at para. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Dolphins could be the end of his career. Who knows? Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. But it's unfortunately fitting because his whole entire time at para it's been like, he plays really, really well, gets a really bad injury, something like that. And mm. he was finally like, I think had really cemented himself in the side and was, was guaranteed on the bench pretty much. And then that happened in what was the pen um, that was Melbourne was round three, round three, wasn't it? Uh, yes, it was Yeah, round three. Yeah. Like, so that's so early to lo lose a player like that. So as much as I can respect anyone saying uh, they've been disappointing, you can't not factor those in because even Bailey Simonson, the first like maybe month, he hadn't like gelled with the team yet now he's actually playing pretty well I'm actually um, like I'm coming to actually quite like him but at first I was like why did we sign this guy like he's so bad but I think it just was taking a little while because he yeah he was a late signing like he came on he didn't have the entire offseason with them or anything like that and you know you can't ignore the fact that Moses and Brown were the inform halves and unfortunately, <laughs> Opachik went down injured. We had no one else. And our top 30 is just too limited that, like, I'm, I constantly now go back and forth of, like, was this the only option? But I do. I still stand by it that I think this was the only option was to move Brown to the centers and bring in poor Jake Arthur and basically put a nail in the coffin for round eight. Like, Yeah, in on numbers, Dylan Brown has to play centre mm. because the options are him and Bryce Cartwright left in the top 30 uninjured. Yeah. And you're yeah. not going to play Bryce Cartwright there because he can't tackle. Yeah. And, Which we saw on the weekend. And I'm guessing they're not going to get an exemption to play a non-top 30 yeah. player if Dylan Brown has played See, there. Th that's this, the, the really like tragic thing is the fact that Opachik 
had to be withdrawn from the Newcastle game so late. It forced such a late reshuffle and forced Brown into like anyone who was commenting on that at that stage, I was a little bit like, I mean, come on, like it's last second. He has to do this. But because they played Brown, then won by 37 points, the NRL would go, uh, but you can clearly do it. Like, of course, we're not giving you an exemption. And so all like we can do is wait for players to come back. Mm. And until then, they've just got to do what they can. And I'm not excusing bad losses, but I also don't want to like, I'm not going to discredit anyone like Newcastle, um, Newcastle, um, North Queensland were so good. Like they were really, really good. My only real qualm and anger at Parramatta was their final 10 minutes. Yeah, they were, yeah. they were within 10 points with five minutes to go or something like that. And it was three quick tries on an edge that Bryce Cartwright was playing Shocking. on. Um, Shocking. Penrith fans have oh. never had to experience that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, look, I mean, people may have seen my video. Like I, I was livid. I was so mad. And I was actually like, I was pretty composed for 70 minutes of that game. Yeah. Like I had my moments, but I was pretty composed. And then, mm, yeah, suddenly you get Bryce Cartwright on an edge and uh, ooh, three easy tries. Like why anyone would watch that and then say he should be in the center is, is just beyond me. And then instead they're going, fine, put Jacob Arthur in the center and put Bryce Cartwright in the halves. I'm like, no, Jacob Arthur yeah. weighs a twig. Like he's so small. Yeah. I, I feel sorry for Jacob because he's, he's not ready. No. And we, we've seen it before with just the inevitable amount of comments and unnecessary digs from opposition fans that, a player will get, especially in the halves when they come in, if they're the coach's son. Yeah, yeah. Like, we copped yeah. it for years. And unfortunately for Jacob, at the moment, he's not at the level that Nathan was at when mm. he came into first grade because they were able to take their time with him. And it's very interesting to see where this is all going. And what do you make of the idea that this is like Parramatta's last year with this cycle to I mean, win a comp. I've been, I've been saying it for months. Yeah. Like I, when Parramatta lost to Penrith last year in the final, I like very quickly mm. was like, all right, dust yourselves off and now go win it next year. Because as soon as all those players started dropping off, like our, who we're losing is insane. Like obviously Reed Marnie, that's the biggest one to me. But then Papali'i, obviously big, but all the other ones as well. Like we're, we're losing Kafusi, we're losing Stone, we're losing... Neocora. Uh, ne- yeah, Neocora, I always forget about him, yeah. Um, oh, who we've also lost from injury this year. Anyway, just putting it up. <laughs> anyway, um, we're losing so many players. And like even the... How old is um, Hodgson? I don't, uh, like I think he's going to be 32. Oh, Josh Hodgson's like 45 he years be, old. He, he's even done his ACL, like... And like, so who knows what will happen if he ends up joining Parramatta or anything like that. But yeah, as soon as all the, all that started happening, I said that their window closes October 10th or whatever this year, because that's it. Like that is it for a solid another five years, I'd say, because this was their build. Like 2020 was a disappointing loss. 2021 was an even more disappointing loss. Now go out there, win the grand final, but Hayes Dunster goes down and does his MCL, PCL and ACL in the trial. And it's just not stopped. And I know it's only round eight. We're going into round nine. So I'm not saying that that's the end of the world, but if they can't get a healthy squad, I'm just going to be absolutely gutted that their seat, that like their um, premiership window may close purely due to injuries pretty much Mm. because a team can't (laughs) 
like the Roosters like had a lot of injuries, but not necessarily from from the trial. They more hung in there as well. Yeah, and right? they hung. It was all happening more towards then, the tail end of the season. Yeah, and I think the thing is though, like I, I do, I understand that with the injuries, I hundred percent get that. But I do think it's also like there is something deeper than that as well with Parramatta. Like I don't think it's going to be necessarily like their players come back and boom, everything's back to normal. Like at the end of the day, they've still got their spine. You know, let's take away the Dylan Brown situation. Hopefully he'll be back at six soon. They've still got Guthrie. They've still got Moses. They've still got Marnie. And I still think some of the losses that they've had, you know, like probably were not good losses irrespective of those injuries as well. And I guess I hope this doesn't happen with Parramatta and I don't think it will at all whatsoever. But with a lot of the stuff happened, like if you take the Roosters, for example, last year, everyone was saying, okay, so it's injuries, it's injuries, it's injuries, you know, it's a write-off next year. They're going to be, they're going to win the premiership. Everyone was saying that in the off season. And then their injuries are fine now. They don't have any and look at them now, you know, and I don't think that's going to happen with Parramatta, but like there's always a little danger of that as well if it's the injuries thing in your head. I mean, like, I don't really think it's comparable fully because a big issue with what's happening at the Roosters is you've got a half that's coming off a, a torn ACL that happened early last year. And he's coming back now and joined up with a half who like thrived without him last year. And now they're, they're meant to be a partnership and it's not really working. So then you've got a captain who's overplaying his hand and he's trying mm. too hard. And I think you've got some forwards like Warrior Hargraves has probably gone maybe a year too long, I'd say, or, or like he's just not the same player that he used to be. Victor Radley's not the same player that he was after he did his ACL. So like I viewed the Roosters with a completely different eye than I view Parramatta this year. Like, like I think it's more like, it's not even like the, com- the comparison I'm making more is that I think the injuries mask issues at the roosters that we're now seeing. Whereas like, for example, with JWH as an example, Angus Crichton as well, not playing too well at the moment. And I hope that that doesn't happen with Parramatta in that the injuries aren't, re- you know, masking something that needs to be worked on beyond the injuries. Like not creating an excuse kind of thing that some players yeah, kind might of. latch onto, yeah. or maybe maybe fans yeah. or whatever. It's the thing is, though, I think like, that definitely happened with the Roosters. I really do. To lose the amount of players that Parramatta have lost, because even like it's not even like season-ending injuries or like like injuries that have then gone on to have time on the sideline. Like during the Tigers game, we with already we were out without Junior Paulo, and then lost Campbell Gillard. Like those, that's huge to then lose Campbell Gillard as well. Like these are like, I'm not using it as an excuse, but our injury toll is astronomical when you even include injuries that have occurred during games, because that's also where we lost near Corey again. So it's like, not like we haven't gone a single game almost where we haven't lost a player besides this last one. And so I think it's one of those things where I can see what you're saying, where it's like, Hmm are they are is it just an excuse but i'm not saying it's an excuse i'm just saying it's the reason why i don't believe we've seen what Parramatta can actually do yet because yeah, yeah even with all those injuries they still beat melbourne they only lost to um the sharks by two and they thrashed mm. the dragons like they're they're putting together very strong performances even with mm-hmm. bad injuries it's three losses and like i'm not saying that it's excusable especially the loss that we just went through but like, I just don't, I, I just still think people are viewing Parramatta a little bit harsher because of prior 
like perceptions of them because last year for example their slump was like inexcusable like it was horrific and so you look at that and then it's easy to view that and say like well how do we know that that's not like what's basically happening again with them this year I just it just feels different like it feels very yeah no I definitely think they're still they're still there like they are still like we're not writing them off no way like that would be so dumb they're still one of the elite teams Mm. they are like I'm writing honestly I am writing roosters off I actually am Parramatta definitely not like I still count them I still count them as third at the moment. I really do. Because I know on their day, that's where they are. Yeah. Yeah. So, Victoria, one word answer. Do you think Parramatta can win the comp? Yes. I think they can. Nat, do you still think Parramatta can win the comp? Yes. And I do too. And you know yeah, what? That's go. probably a good sign for Parramatta fans anyway, because Nat also predicted Newcastle to come last this year. <laughs> and where are they currently sitting? I forgot that. I love that. Yeah. I also yeah, managed were, the Tigers win. You, you were <laughs> eating really humble well. pie on this podcast after two weeks. And now... <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, dear. There you go, guys. You're going to win now. That's all yeah, you exactly. have to Lock it in. Yeah. <laughs> it's your way with the Premiership. Coming this Friday, 8pm, Blue Bet Stadium, Panthers versus Eels. It's going to be a, a good game. Uh, what are you looking forward to, Nat? Oh, I cannot explain how much I'm excited for this game. It's just, <laughs> oh, it's so good. Like, as I said, we've had like the Manly game and the South game. But it's not the same. Like the Parramatta game and Penrith always delivers. Um, I'm really looking forward to see a bit of a halves battle um, just because I do, I can finally admit Mitchell Moses is good this year because he's just like that in my face that he can't, I can't not admit it. Um, And I'm really, really keen to see him and Nathan match up and like see how that kicking game kind of fares. Um, I'm also super excited, hopefully to see Brian and Moses Leota back. Um, Most excited to see Brian come back and, and, you know, I think we've not necessarily missed him because we have been lucky in our replacement but um, just really, really keen to see him come back and kind of see us get to full strength again. Yeah, well, like it, you're right in that it'll be very exciting, especially if Brian is back. And like we haven't missed him, mm. like you said, because we've got, you know, Mini May is out there, but he's more like Mini Brian with the way he plays. He is, yeah. And I mean, hopefully, love the guy, but hopefully that means Charlie Staines drops out of the team if everyone yeah, is fit and healthy. Only- the only real thing we can do yeah and i think it'll be it'll be the first time if those two are back it'll be the first game this year that we have had our full strength team which is actually pretty incredible considering it is what's going on like we went the first three weeks without nathan cleary yeah it's (laughs) easy to forget that it's easy to forget that but it's really really exciting yeah and it's like what we lost moses in the first half of round one and Mm. then um brian in the second half of round two and so it'll be very interesting to see as well if Moses is back, who drops out of the team in, like, for the makeup of the side with a bit of balance, you'd think Matt Eisenhuth drops out because he's a more similar player to Leota and that Spencer comes on and acts like the Tasmanian devil, like you called him, off the bench. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it'd still be harsh on Izo. He's been so good. Yeah, he has. It's really unfortunate, but it's the way it goes. You know, I think Staines has been good as well. Sometimes it's just the way the world works when you have such a stacked team. 
yeah and yeah it's just the reality of the of the sport and you know there'll be injuries they'll be back at some point but yeah it'll be interesting to see um what are you looking forward to from it Vic um it's tricky because like what I'm most looking forward to at the present moment is 4 p.m Tuesday to see if anyone's back yeah (laughs) because it's a tricky like if Opachik or Nia Kore aren't back then it's just not the battle that I think like we deserve Mm. because then we're gonna see Brown in the centers again we're gonna see Jacob Arthur again and it's just it's not like it's not a fair competition it's it's purely a forward battle yeah then it's a forward battle which like that's that's still a good battle like I think the forwards between the two teams are like that's a good like head-to-head but you know you put Luai and Cleary up against um Moses and uh poor poor Jacob <laughs> look it's not yeah, it's, it's not fair. like it's you yeah. can't do that but as well like I was happy with Dylan going to the centers purely defensively and I still say he maintained that but he doesn't have the opportunity to do what he can do at center and so if we were having this conversation and I knew that at least Opechik or Niakore were back. Maybe I'd say, Oh, I'm really excited for yeah, the haves battle or something like that. But it's hard to look at it without actually knowing what, like what the team is going to be. I'm hopeful that at least Opechik is back because he was considering he was a late withdrawal for Newcastle. I feel like last week um, against the Cowboys was just a like precautionary matter because it is his neck. Like you've got to be careful mm. about that. But I'm really, really hoping that that's what it was, but I'm scared. They haven't said anything about like scans have revealed damage or anything like that. Yeah. So I'm hoping it was more so precautionary. And so therefore he'll be back. If, if someone's complaining about neck pain, you probably don't yeah. play him. Yeah. you got to be careful. And yeah. I, I think that it yeah. could have been as well. Like, Oh, like let's not risk like flying him to Darwin and do all that. Yeah. Well, actually, I don't know if you went to Darwin to be completely honest, but um, yeah, maybe that whole thing where they also could have been saving him for this game. Um, mm. But apparently Sean Russell is also, a chance at returning, okay. which that would be huge because then, you know, you can just have Russell and Simonson on the wings and go, um, Penicini and, um, my God, who am I missing? That's how bad it is. I can't even think of uh, like, our team. <laughs> Simonson? No, it would be, it would be Russell and Simonson on the wings with Penicini at, uh, on center and Brown at the other center. Well, so it, yes, yeah, so no matter what, it still puts Brown. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah. So if Opachik's back, Brown will move to five eight. You'd yeah. assume Arthur would move to the bench and Cartwright would drop out. I would hope that mm. completely. Like I'd hope Arthur just drops out completely. Yeah. Because he mm. offers nothing off the bench, mm. whereas Cartwright, while still being a liability, actually does offer something because he's, he's a got bigger flair and attack. He's a bigger body. He's a bigger mm. body to yeah. come off the bench, whereas. Arthur, like, he's so small. He's so inexperienced still. He just, like, like, yeah, he's just not ready yet. He's 19. He's not ready yet. Well, one thing we can guarantee from Parramatta is emotionally they'll be up for this game. Yeah. They, they, this, these games over the past couple of mm. years with this current Parramatta team, they seem to be the games they thrive in. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah. these are the games where you go, it's, gonna be a one to 12 i reckon yeah for anyone yeah. out there who puts bets on i'd surely say that 
the biggest test I think will be, I think it's a real opportunity for Penrith's edges because Parramatta's edge defense yeah. has been poor at the best of times this year. Yeah. It was and Hayes Perron. That's who I was missing. Hayes I just had to look okay. it up. I was yeah. like, I'm missing a player. I was the like, other, this doesn't the work. Other Hayes. The other, yeah. So yeah. yeah. And, and he's one who's weak on defense. Yeah, it's one where you go, I'm assuming that it's going to be sort of a more advantageous game to bring Brian To'o back into. Mm. If, like, we're talking about with being on the end of attacking movements mm. because Parramatta's edge defence just hasn't been up to it, whereas their forwards have, and that might be where we see To'o back, but maybe not Leota. Mm. And I think that also puts a lot of pressure on coming into this game, Moses, Gutherson and Marnie to really be creative because more than likely Jacob Arthur will be at 5-8 and Penrith Penrith are going to score points in this game. Yeah. And basically it's not, I feel like over the past couple of years, I think these games have been, who can just beat each other up more, especially oh, that final. That's game. what that final was this, for sure. I feel like this week it's going to be like absolutely no offense to Parramatta because I think it'll be a close game, but I think it'll be Parramatta trying to outscore Penrith. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't, my, this is my thing. I like, I was, as I was saying, I have two coworkers who go for Penrith. I said, if we play the same team that played the Cowboys, put your house on 13 plus Penrith. I honestly believe that mm. because they just don't, they don't have it. And it would be one of those things where I think like the Cowboys game, they would lose like any momentum in a game. I think they would play chase up the whole entire time. Like it would be Penrith would score and they would just chase them the entire time, which is exactly what happened with the Cowboys. Yeah. And they just couldn't catch up to them at all. And that's what I genuinely would be believe would happen, especially if you do get the inclusion of someone like tall. And if he does go with, May personally, I hope he goes stains, and I hope <laughs> I hope you know Crichton ain't feeling well. I hope I hope all that happens, but obviously, mm-hmm. like one side of me says that, but another side of me also says I hope they play their entire full strength squad. But I also hope we could do the same because that would be the biggest indication of what Parramatta can actually do this year if they could play at least a relatively full strength squad. Because Wonga Blake's not a chance. So like I know. That. like I've accepted that but if we could bring in like Neocore and Russell something like that mm. then we we have a game on our hands and because mm. like at the end of the day at least our forwards are fit for the like uh, yeah yeah for, besides losing Ray Stone and I think this is going to be a huge game for the likes of Junior Polo and Regan Kimball Gillard especially Junior because he's now a captain and that elimination final hurt him so much because and mm. it's one thing I'll say constantly I of anyone on that team I'm so so sad it was Polo that dropped Polo that dropped that ball because it was a horrible pass dreadful pass and I just wish Stone had knocked it on at dummy half rather than passing yeah. it as a horrible pass and yeah. him dropping it um because it hurt him so much. And he, he I, I read an interview where he was saying he rewatched it like countless times. And I'm just like, I, like, I can't, I can't even, I couldn't even edit that video of us yeah. watching it. Like I, it hurt so much. I can imagine like being a part of it and watching it over and over and over. And it was to mm. drive himself basically yeah. to say the next time they play and like, look, they try to hype it for the trial. <laughs> it's like, okay, come on. Like it's a trial, but 
Yeah. Like, there's no way he's not watching it right now to hype himself for this week. Well, as long as the game's not like the trial, no, no, no. <laughs> I'll be pretty happy. Uh, uh, but we all know on Big Cat Chat that trials don't count. Uh, so <laughs> I, I'm genuinely curious about, like, so there's a lot of questions about Parramatta's lineup this week and he'll be back and stuff, and we've discussed that. I'm wondering what Ivan Cleary does this week with, let, let's say, May and... Crichton are both still feeling unwell or maybe like they're contagious or whatever and they can't be in amongst the squad at all this week and they can't play. I'm assuming Toto just comes in because he's played injured before. He played the end of the season injured when he shouldn't have been. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm, I'm wondering who plays centre for us because I'm thinking, does Jamin oh. Salmon go straight to centre. I'd say so. But he's been playing as a back rower for our team. And he's a lot of a bigger body. I don't think he's played centre since more he depth. was at Parramatta. And I'm thinking we've got... We've got a lot more depth in the back row. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing is that we could afford to, I think, put Salmon there and then maybe put Jermaine Hopgood onto the bench or something mm. like that. Or maybe Blood Mavgaia. Because, I mean, you know he'd be up for is it. Is he back? He's been playing New South Wales Cup. Oh, yeah. I thought his injury was a lot longer. No, than... no, he's been back for a couple of weeks. Oh, okay. um, and then we've got options of players like Sunia Taruva, but he's been playing fullback in New South Wales Cup. And so I'm not sure whether the extra defence of not only playing in the front line, but also going from New South Wales Cup to NRL will yeah. be too much. I don't really know if this would be the game for a debutant. That's like, another that's a, thing that's as well. Risk, is like. maybe a debutant when we were still in lockdown. Yeah. But yeah. there's going to be 20,000 people there. Yeah. And yeah, nah. 18,000 of them are going to be, like, going for him. And I'm not sure whether that would be too much pressure for someone, you know? I feel like it would almost be easier to debut away against Paramount. Yeah, I feel like it's one of those things where I, you've got to be careful. Like, you've got to be strategic about when you make a, yeah. a debut. Like... Parramatta were forced to debut poor Dunster in an elimination final. And you could tell it just rattled him. Yeah. He was, and that was out of packed combat. Yeah. So yeah. it was home crowd, everything like that. And he didn't have a bad, you know, debut or anything like that, but that's scary. That that's a lot for someone to take on. Yeah. And I'm not saying round nine Penrith Para is high stakes as an elimination final, but you still have to go at it with that same mentality. It's, it's still the biggest game that's been played this year in the NRL, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that. Like, I, I, Souths and Roosters, I don't care. This game's bigger nowadays. Yeah. Like, oh, it is. It is. Yeah. yeah. Like, at like the quality of each team. Tradition and probably like, like violence between the fans or whatever. Yeah. Th- theirs is bigger. But in terms of quality of rugby league and intensity on the field, this is way bigger. Mm. That game might have more cheap shots from those two teams. Yeah. But this is more of a, a contest, yeah, I but, feel. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. And I, I be, think at the moment, this yeah. is currently the best rivalry in the NRL. Yeah, I'd say so. Because yeah. it involves the both yeah. teams being really good. And it, it's as of yeah. recent, like, unfortunately, some, yeah, like, really close losses. And, yeah, um, unfortunately, most to Penrose way. But Paramount is still the team, the only team that beat you in the regular season of the 2020 season. And yeah. uh, that's uh, we don't. Of- 
We put, don't, it, put it on my gravestone. We honestly. don't recognize 2020 in <laughs> oh, this I, house. I, I do. 2020 didn't exist. That whole year didn't happen. That was, a, that was an asterisk year, I believe. No, uh, I thought that was 2021. No, no, that, that year exists. <laughs> uh, yeah, it'll also be interesting to see tomorrow at 4 p.m. whether the number 14 jersey for Penrith is Sony Luke or Mitch Kenny. How did Luke, I didn't really notice Luke during the Titans game, to be completely honest. Was he okay? Um, he was all right. Um, I think it's quite a compliment to say he wasn't horrible in it compared to the rest of Penrith's team. Okay. Yeah, you know? he didn't do anything wrong. No. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I've got a feeling that I we could use an extra forward and Mitch Kenny's more of a yeah, forward. Yeah. Yeah, but I think I prefer Sonny Luke as a future prospect, so I would probably prefer him there. Yeah, um, I, I, think, I think going into next year, I think Sonny yeah. Luke is our nine. Um, yeah. But just I'm, I just wonder, like, because... Ivan clearly thinks about this stuff a lot, considering sometimes he'll make a it's weird a selection. You go, you had to have thought about that for ages to make that selection. Yeah, yeah. And so I just, yeah, it'll be interesting. I still don't think we'll know until an hour before kickoff which one of those two yeah. will play. Yeah. Well, that's the scary thing. Like, obviously, 4 p.m. gives us an indication, but, I mean, going into the Newcastle yeah. team, I thought Opacic was playing, yeah. and he didn't end up playing. It's 24 so, men. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a hard one. And Crazy. especially yeah. the fact that they're naming players that then can't even play. Like Zach Sini has been named constantly, but then it can't turns out he's not even in the top 30. So can't even play. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, how how is that a lot? Like what happens that's, with that? That's like, because he odd. goes in, that's because he goes into the the bubble with the team where they have those certain restrictions. It's still weird. And if there's a COVID case, he then comes in. Right. Okay. Well, I be- okay. I believe that's what it is. Right. But to a certain yeah. extent. I think they're making the rules up as they go yeah, because they like because they've never been through this yeah. scenario before. Yeah, which so they, I get. they're trying to now live with it. I do get, you know? I do understand, but yeah, it's just it's just a tricky one. Like obviously, at least four p.m. will give us somewhat of an indication of what you're looking at. Like for example, if you know Moses or Tao are only in the reserves or something like that, then you go into it going, okay, crap, there are chance yeah. of not playing that sort of thing. Whereas if you know, Tyler's named in yeah. the two or the five. Yeah. Like, well, I think I think 100% May and Crichton and Staines will all be named to start. Yeah. Toto, I think, will be in the squad. Okay. But I don't think that's any indication of what's going to happen on game day. No, no. And because now you have room to just include players in every different position in the squad because it's a, a bigger squad now. Yeah. Whereas when you used to only have four, you'd know sort of if someone was I just, in doubt. It's a little bit more of an indication on what's going to happen if they're not named in the reserves. Yeah, yeah. Well, if they're not named, if, yeah, like that's probably the plan. Yeah. 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 But Ivan loves a change. I don't he know named, why. He named William at the start for like the past eight games of the oh, game. He didn't start that out. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't yeah. know why. I have yeah. the weirdest feeling he's going to go stains over May. I don't know why. Oh, no, I get that. That's very like, on brand five. Because isn't, because I think you had mentioned this, Jack. Do, don't Staines and Toto play on opposite wings, whereas Toto may play on the same wing? Yes. yes. So I think if Toto comes in and May stays, I think they move Toto to the right-hand side where he can combine with Stephen Crichton, yeah. who he's come through with, and then you leave May on the left where he can combine with Tego, yeah. who he's come through with. Which is what? But for the past, the premiership year, Toto played on yeah. the left. And so what if, that's something that they just go, let's not yeah. try that yet. Yes, and, yeah, totally. And 
when Ivan Cleary had an interview on NRL 360, he talked about how he loved when they were talking about To'o, Edwards, Staines. He said he loved that all three brought something different. Mm. And maybe he has a feeling that May and To'o are a bit similar. Yeah, right, yeah. Which I I can see. And, I can see that. And I think you can get away with having Staines there if you've got two yardage players in Edwards and To'o to start your sets. Mm. I just think we're better yeah. with Taylor and May. Yeah. I think it's a tr- it's an interesting one as well because last week, while I thought May was good, I thought Tego had an off game for like, I mean, he still. It was his like, worst game. Yeah. And he had, and it he was had an a off game. Yeah. Yeah. It was an off combination as well. Like they yeah, just weren't vibing. Like that one pass. Well, that, that May break that we yeah. talked about, he gave up, he passed it to Tego when he should have taken the tackle. Yeah. Yeah. It was just a, like, it was an off combination. And like, look, Cleary's obviously a much better coach than me, but you'd hope he wouldn't look at that and then panic and go, okay, no, 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 then I'm just playing it safe and going with Staines because I'm also looking at it as, like, round one, he named Staines over May, but hopefully May has done enough. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like cement himself, but it's an interesting one. I don't know why. I have this feeling it's going to For the long-term development of the squad, I would like, I think Staines would get more development playing fullback in New South Wales Cup at the moment Mm. than he would playing on the wing in NRL because he played fullback Mm. for us in that first trial game. And he was actually quite good. But then he played yeah, for like yeah. second against Parramatta in the wet and struggled. Yeah. And everyone yeah. struggled. It was Parramatta. Yeah. Come on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was the, the <laughs> ritual and try scoring. <laughs> I've got a feeling, though, that whilst Ivan loves to tinker, he's he, he still plays Billy Army kick out. So I don't think he's that thrown off by handling errors. No, that's what I meant. Like, yeah. I didn't think that that was actually gonna like be it, but it was just like one of the, it was just not an, a convenient time Consideration. to have an yeah. odd when, when combination game. When the best winger in the world is maybe going to be back the next week, it's probably not a good time to have that edge play poorly. Mm. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Ha ha ha. Set yourself up for that one, though. I yeah. love, I love him. I remember that was like, what game was oh, it? Oh, you said that while looking at me. I thought you meant me. No, <laughs> that's ridiculous. Um, hey, come on. No, we're watching this one game, and I said something about Dunster, and Jack was like, "I wish you'd look at me the way you look at Ace Dunster." And it's like a, like I want to be his mother. Like I want to just, like, yeah, no, I get that. My pocket yeah. and just like pat his head. Yeah. And like, good. No, I totally get that. That's the way I feel about the majority of them, to be honest. I think yeah. <laughs> that's. That's like the paternal way that we talk about like Dylan Edwards Dylan. every week. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. Like, Everyone oh. has a Dylan. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. We're like, for we're sure. so proud of him. Our, our young man our from the country making up. a big, you know. <laughs> I felt that way about Jacob Arthur for about two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> about two minutes. Yeah. I was I so, because like, he debuted Magic Round last year. Yeah. And yeah. I was so yeah. happy for him. Like when he scored. You were almost I was in so, tears. I was so emotional for him. I thought, just thought it was so yeah, great. That was because, nice. That was a nice moment. Yeah. It yeah. was such a nice moment. And, you know, the rest is yeah. history. <laughs> well, Poor old Jacob. Well, the fullback battle itself will be interesting because... Mm. Um, you know, everyone says Gutho is just like Dylan, which well, I'm still yet yeah, to see, unfortunately. The two <laughs> claimed they're, frauds they're, of the NRL. Well, they're, they're, both, they're both running fullbacks. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, yeah, and they're, they're quite different good. in that yeah. Dylan is a 
a yes, more so. physical fullback, whereas Gutho is a more electric sort of mm, fullback. Yeah. And mm. the way Parramatta play, they rely on Gutho more for that, whereas mm. we rely on Dylan for what he brings. Yeah. And I don't think either fullback would work at the other club. No. Like, no like way. under no these way. systems. No, totally. Yeah. You would, you no, would, definitely you'd not. just tinker yeah. with the system and they yeah. would work. But currently the way yeah. they're playing wouldn't fit in either team. Yeah. And it was sad yeah. to see last week Dylan Edwards fall down to the level of those bad fullbacks like James Tedesco and Caelan Ponga. <laughs> but hopefully this week he can rise back up to the level of, you know, Gutherson. of Gutherson. And <laughs> He's Hannah back. I have full confidence in him. What I have I'm full confidence in Dylan. excited for as well is like remove, say like, as I yo, I'll, I would say Dylan's one of your biggest workhorses. He just tries oh, yes. so yeah. hard. He just like, and that is Gutho. Gutho is hands down our biggest workhorse. Like at the end of that Darwin game, like obviously I know that it's in Darwin, but it genuinely looked like he had just stepped out of a pool. He was drenched. You made sweat. a comment about the amount of water that Brad Arthur had drunk. And I said, I think they just poured it all over. Yeah, yeah. Like he, because he was wet. Because this is the thing. <laughs> Gutho actually, despite he had one bad drop off a kick, but he actually didn't have a bad game. Mm. He was of the spine. He was the strongest player, mm. I would say. He, it was just, you know, what can you do really awesome. when Drinkwater was playing so well and Kyle Fell mm. obviously just hates Parramatta and just yeah. wants to score against them all the time. Like he was actually genuinely trying so hard. And that's the thing why, like some people say they don't like Gutho as captain. And for me, his whinging is annoying. I can sit there anytime a person you says- You complain about it all yeah, the time. Yeah, like I'm like, shut up, like go away. I remove that only because he would die for that team. Like, mm. honestly, like if he could, he'd break his foot so he could play a grand final with a broken foot, that sort of thing. And that's where they, they both remind me of one another. It's because like, you can just tell, like, I mean, Edward's got two premiership tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> like, like how much can you love a team really they, they i love that of, man <laughs> they kind of make me think of like if chan's nickel Kluk star was good yeah you know? he was good for a moment there yeah yeah he, yeah. Had, he had a yeah. moment he yeah had a moment. The, those two in 2021 and 2022 are chan's in 2019 yeah, <laughs> yeah. look totally. i mean i get that entirely you can yeah. say they don't like like respectively Gutho or Edwards because I joked and said like they're the two biggest like proclaimed frauds like you get so many people say Edwards mm. is a fraud and you get so many that say Gutho is but no one can ever say that they don't try, they don't try. No, absolutely that's, totally. that's the thing yeah. with fullbacks like that yeah. is when the creativity in the team is lacking like Parramatta on the weekend or Penrith in 2019 it makes the fullback look worse mm. in a way because people have an idea of fullbacks now that because Billy Slater was able to do all of it, that you've got to be able to do all of it. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think there's ever going to be another Billy Slater. You <laughs> no, know? no, no, no. And not, not, everyone, not everyone's going to get piggybacked by the rules like Tom Trebojevic was last yeah. year. <laughs> and but it's about just doing your job for your team and doing whatever yeah. role that fits yeah. in. I broached that really well. Yeah, well, yeah, it's a, it's a con- they're, they're all standing along a conveyor belt and they all have a rule, yeah. a role yeah. in this team. One know? one thing I would say that Edwards has over Gutho is that Gutho overplays his hand. That's where he reminds me of Tedesco, like as mm. of late. Like you did see it a little bit on the weekend where 
Gutho's the one he does try to inject himself at times where maybe he didn't need to be injected because he just wants to win so badly. He wants, mm. and you could tell it's never an ego thing with him. And it, as much as people think that, you know, despite the fact that he didn't give himself the title of the king, he doesn't have that tremendous ego that people think he does have. Just, and, you know, I know he does the Gutherino, all that sort of stuff, but he doesn't play to look good. He plays to win as a team, that sort of thing. And he overplays his hand. Whereas I think Edwards, like, maybe it's not acknowledged how well he knows when to inject himself mm. and how to inject himself. Well, Dylan, I think plays his best footy when Nathan Cleary is not there. And Nathan Cleary isn't a handbrake on Dylan at all, but Dylan <laughs> has a bigger role in the team. So you're saying sack Nathan Cleary? That's Actually, what you're every, That's single, what <laughs> every single time Nathan Cleary has made an error this year, I have said Sean O'Sullivan wouldn't have done that. <laughs> I don't believe that. But for anyone who hears me at Penrith Stadium yelling back, bring back O'Sullivan, just know that it's tongue in cheek. I love O'Sullivan, but you know, uh, yeah, I, I stuttered yeah. over my words there. But because you're know, so I'm, excited I'm, by I'm him, Nathan, you know, I'm not Malmaning, yeah. or I, I understand how good Nathan is. <laughs> so, uh, before we run out of time for the third time for this podcast, um, <laughs> Victoria, hmm. what's your tip for the game? Penrith. Penrith, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nat? Penrith 1 to 12. I'm also Penrith 1 to 12. I'm Penrith 13 plus. 13 plus, okay. Good Ooh, to see that Parramatta conference. Well, no, it's, it's, I don't believe we're yeah. getting the team back that yeah, we no, need that's to fair. win or, like, keep it to 1 yeah. to 12. Yeah. I reckon, I honestly think it will be similar to what we just saw, where it will be tight for 60, 65 minutes, and then mm. Penrith will score, like, two late tries to make it. 16. Yeah. Like yeah. You know what? I won't be mad. Well, duh. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah, I'm I'd be happy. happy. I, <laughs> I think it'll be one to 12, but I'm happy for you to be correct. You know? <laughs> Same, and, surprisingly enough. Yeah. And it's, and it's not often that we disagree and you're correct. So, you know. Mm, okay. <laughs> We're going to turn to another love podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> More of it. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Big Cat Chat once again. Uh, if you want to follow us on Instagram, you can find us at Big Cat Chat or on Twitter at Big Cat Chat Pod. Um, we're gonna we're gonna do some a bit more stuff with like the Twitter account and that over the next few weeks. Yeah. Um, oh, I can actually live tweet this week because I won't be at the game, so I can live. Oh yes. Like I was meant to yeah, yes. do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just last week when Nat was going to. Um, there was just timing issues and we were playing like then we turned shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the so, first half was timing issues and the second half was real shit <laughs> yeah so you know we we'll do it nat will do it this week um and yeah we'll just do a bit more stuff going forward through that so make sure to give us a follow we post whenever we release a new episode and everything like that so get amongst all that uh, if you have any feedback, feel free to leave it for us on those socials as well as long as you're nice to us that'll be great. <laughs> Uh, thank you very much, Vic, for coming on. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Vic. Oh, no worries. Thank awesome. you for letting so me fun. use your lounge room. Yeah. <laughs> no worries. What was that, Nat? Just said thank you so much. It's been really fun having you on. Oh, yeah, no, it's actually it actually has been fun, and we've just got the warning that we're running out of time again. Yep, yep we have 10 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> yeah, thank Classic. you. Thank you very much for being here, Nat. Pleasure. Thanks, guys. See you later. Bye. Sports Best Friends would like to thank you for listening right to the end. You are our kind of people. 
Find other great sports podcasts in our family by subscribing. And remember, social media isn't a bad place. You just need to follow the right people.